Hey, it's me, Rasan. I don't know, man. Huge hole in my, you know, yeah. <laughs> understanding. <laughs> my fellow Americans. Probably <laughs> here. As long as you're, whatever you're doing doesn't hurt anyone else, I don't care. Different perspective of what an interesting topic is than I would assume. This is Balance Exchange. Welcome back, everybody, to Balanced Exchange. I'm Papa Bear, and I'm here today with... Cronus, and this time we're going to talk about marriage and why I'm not married anymore or ever again. So at this point in watching our videos, you may or may not know that I am an active duty United States Marine, and I've been doing this for 20-plus years, so I know that um, it's really important for me to make sure to get this out there. If it's your first time watching this, please stick around and make sure you understand the disclaimer. If you've watched a whole lot of our episodes so far, feel free to go ahead and jump ahead to the new content. Um, so what I need to talk about today is that I am not authorized and have no way of being approved to speak on behalf of the Marine Corps. So any opinion that I give or any concept that I discuss today is the position and the opinion of just me, myself, just a man, who has a bachelor's degree in political science and a master's degree in leadership and organizational management and has spent my whole life looking at government structures and social contracts and how these things are supposed to work, what the philosophies and things behind them are, and read a lot of books on that kind of stuff. And it's definitely one of my personal and key passions. And so when you hear me maybe give a position or a concept on something that is only my own position, I am not a public affairs officer for the Marine Corps. I am in no way giving what the Marine Corps' official position on anything would be. And honestly, a lot of the topics we're going to cover here, I'm pretty sure the Marine Corps doesn't have a particular position on. Um, so if you do have any questions about what the Marine Corps' policy on certain things could be, you can definitely research that and find those out. Um, or leave a comment or send us a message uh, if you can get a hold of us somehow. We can maybe be able to answer those questions for you. So with that said, let's get you back to this week's content. <laughs> yeah, because you get that question from time to time as to what this, like, what the reasoning and the concept is, or whatever. Yes, yes, both me and my girlfriend do. Um, we've been together for more than ten years now, and it gets it's not it doesn't get old because most people that ask me, you know, why aren't we married? Um, it's it's at the you know the purest intentions. It just yeah. for us, it's just like you know we have our reasons. <laughs> so I'll explain to you our, our reasons on this podcast. Hopefully it'll clear up the vast majority of the questions. And the question actually came from uh, Papa Bear's wife because she brought it up. I, I've never met her, but you said that she asked. I was like, "It's a good question." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she did. And and we did we did bring it up. I think in one of the episodes when we were talking about like benefits and and how it's kind of a weird system that doesn't provide you with any options, which I think we both kind of agreed is kind of a weird thing, but. Yeah, it is really weird. And what I learned, I actually learned something from my girlfriend because I think when we first got together, she was kind of more in the marriage, in the marriage route. Um, but I talked to her about it like literally the other day and then she had her reasons on why she's not for marriage now. I'm just like, oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> so, hmm. And it's from a female perspective. So that, I think that was, uh, I probably should have had her on, but she's doing homework tonight. So um, anyway, so I guess we'll just uh, jump into it. Uh, so I've been married before I was married for about seven years and it was, it was okay for about two, maybe three. <laughs> so, and the rest of the time I was not, I was not happy. I was also pretty young. So I was in my, you know, I got married when I was 22, I believe, which is, it's for me, 
it's too young. You know, I, I should not have gotten married at 22. I, I think that most people, if you're, if you're going to get married, you should be a fully formed human being, which I was not at the age of 22. Um, you, sh you should, first of all, know yourself um, before you get to know another person um, on an intimate level like that and then form a contract with them. And then also you should know the potential consequences for um, divorce. Um, and you should understand the actual contract that you're with taking with this person that you may not know if you if you have never a lived with them if you haven't been with them for an, a significant amount of time so i've seen a lot of people get married um within like a year or two of of knowing somebody and i'm just like that's kind of short i mean if you think about it I, i'm sure uh, papa bear you can there's probably stuff that you're still f probably um figuring out with your wife right i mean like we all learn different things as we get older you know and i think when you're younger it's just like people are kind of sketch when they're younger me included. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, so you're more responsible and more capable of honestly entering into it. I wrote down contracts because I thought that was an important point for you to mention too. Yes. And I think as we say that the, the general concept for this uh, podcast is a discussion over like governments and, and politics and social contracts, which is how it does definitely fall into this category where it's like, okay, yeah, interesting topic. And I wasn't one I would have thought we would have talked about, but totally makes sense with your unique, take on it and um the fact that it still falls into the social contract concept and <laughs> so I, I don't know if you've you've heard this part yet so um cindy uh like 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 her birthday is exactly three months before mine right so hers oh. is on the sixth mine is on the sixth she is exactly three months older than me we met on her birthday um i was in pensacola florida i was in school for my mls school in um and my assistant class leader was like, hey, uh, the girl that I'm dating, it's her friend's birthday tonight. So her and a bunch of her friends are going to take her friend out who it's her birthday to celebrate or whatever. Did you want to go? And you're like, dude, single dude. And like, you guys are, we're going out. I don't even have to find girls. Like girls are already going to be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Done. Yes. Right. So, so we met on her birthday um, and we were married before my birthday. Wow. Yeah. That's uh. It's Quick turnaround. I mean, it's kind of the opposite of what you just talked about, which is like is. working your way there. I mean, sometimes and, uh, it can work. Obviously, it's working for you, and it, it can. Yeah, and that's yeah. What, that's what's you know, it's interesting about it is most people, you know, they're like that's stupid. Don't do that. There's no way that's going to work, and thought that we would never be able to make it, and um, you know, that, that almost twenty years later, it's you know still working, obviously. But I, I will say, like for us, a big part of it, I think, is kind of our personal character and the way we look at these things and treat it a little bit differently. I think that while we were obviously like crazy madly in love with each other as young people, you know, would perceive that to be, I think we both had this outlook on it too, that marriage is a different thing. Like yeah. there's love and that's important, but marriage is an agreement between two people to work, right? It's a job. Like you're like, Hey, look, I'm going to put effort into this and this thing is important to me and you have to constantly put work into it. So I think that was kind of like, we both, knew that and, and knew that, that, that none of those probably are perfect and, and won't be unless you were willing to work towards that. Yeah, that's that's really important, obviously. So when when you hear me talk about marriage, just understand that obviously I have a biased point of view. So somebody might listen to this and be like, oh, he's just bitter. I'm not bitter per se, but I definitely am biased. I will freely admit that. So uh, if what I say might happen to offend some people, it's my point of view. So, and statistics are on my side. 
So I'll also put it, throw that in there. <laughs> so uh, we also messed up. Um, usually before we start getting into the weeds of things, we talk about what we're drinking. And I'm back on my bullshit. I'm drinking alcohol again. So Papa Bear, what are you drinking first of all? So still sticking to primarily keto. I saw that they had a new set of Trulies. I just saw those. Are, yeah, are some some tea. It's a so it's like a tea plus the so it's like this one's a raspberry tea, and I also have a peach tea here for afterwards. Uh, that was my first taste of it a few seconds ago. I was like, it's, it's actually pretty good. The tea is kind of subtle, but there's definitely definitely the the seltzer taste, you know. Yeah. And then a little bit of raspberry. So. I literally saw a commercial for that um, maybe ten minutes before we started this mm-hmm. podcast. Um, I'm also drinking a Truly. I'm drinking the mango lemonade. I don't have the uh, can with me, but with vodka added because that's what I do. And I'll probably have a beer in a little bit. Oh, nice. (laughs) I may, too, if I go through these two and go to something else, I may grab, like, uh, I think I have a Michelob light or something, something that's ultra light. I was thinking about that. I kind of want to – I may have should have done those in reverse so I end with the sweet. But Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I I had to – go ahead, go ahead. I had an idea for another like startup that we should maybe do each time because I'm realizing we're both kind of like this, and I thought it might be a good topic. Now I'm kind of putting you on the spot though. It's all good. What are we reading? Oh. We both do a lot of reading too. I was kind of interested in maybe because this would offer an opportunity for our audience, and like I think we both do this. We exchange books a lot of times. We you mentioned one, and I immediately download it, and I mentioned one, you immediately download it. So it's kind yeah. of a an interesting dynamic. I found that I've been thinking about it this week, and I know I knew it was gonna be on my mind and i'm hopefully not going to bring it up during our like actual discussion because it's not on this topic at all yeah yeah but uh i thought it was one you'd get a kick out of if you haven't already read it you may have already read it because it's a topic we've kind of mentioned before what is it uh so it's called rise of the warrior cop oh that's a that's a great one yes i have read i have read that one <laughs> okay i thought you might have so it's um i think i might have recommended it <laughs> radley balco i'd never heard of him before yeah um i've been into it and yeah, it's definitely one I thought you would you would be interested in if you hadn't already read it. So, yeah, that book is about the militarization of police and yes. um, how messed up it is. So, if you ever see like this is one of the things I have a lot of police friends, a lot of police friends, and when my police friends are people in law enforcement, not just policemen, I, I have sheriff friends too. Um, when they tell me that they don't have the budget to do certain things, meanwhile they have tanks in the department, I'm just like, hmm, why is that? <laughs> like you have a budget for a tank but not to train yourself on you know basic self-defense yeah well, and, and like Joe talks about a lot of that is because the federal government has pushed grants specifically for drug wars or wars on terrorism or for um you know homeland security stuff so like here's this money buy this thing it's not here's this money do good things with it it's yeah. specifically earmarked with specific purposes and they, it goes into detail on it. And I think the problem I'm having with it is more than anything, like the repeated stories of, Oh, here's this occasion when this raid went into the wrong house and potentially killed somebody or, you know, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, it happens it's, a lot. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's bogging me down. And I, I was like, uh. well, yeah, well, the thing is, see, this is why I can't, when it comes to like civil rights books and stuff like that, like I can't um, do them. I can only do two back to back. After that, I have yeah. to like I have to have like a palate refresher, um, because yeah, you get like that one um, side of the story. You know what I mean? Like you get like all the negative stuff about you know police officers and law enforcement, but you're not getting the stuff like their day to day work where they are doing things that are right, like saving lives. 
And so I try not to get into that mindset of just, oh, fuck the police, because, you know, I don't want to be like, fuck the police, but at the same time, they need to fix a lot of stuff. So. But yeah, and I think there's a decent amount of showing where it's being done well and when it was done well and, and who, like, chose to kind of book this trend and then you see positive results. There's a couple of good stories like that in there too, but maybe it's not enough. And, and yeah, I definitely would do the same thing, which is I tend to do that anyways. I try to do like some kind of either a personal professional, you know, thought process development one. And then I generally just do some fantasy or some fiction or some sci-fi or something like totally decompressed book and then go back to like learning something. So yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, what do you read? No, it's good. Cause um, I'll tell you about my last book because um, this is what I'm talking about. How I have to like change up books. So the last book, I'm going to say the word. I don't like the word at all. But I'm saying oh, it's, it's the name yeah, of the book. I did mention you yeah. It, yeah, the book is called Nigger. So I, I rarely use that that word, but it's by it's a basically a autobiography of Dick Gregory, and it's a, it's a really good book. But because I read that one, I had to go to like my palate cleanser of like Jesus Christ. So I, I get like the proverbial cloud over my head with stuff like this, and so right now I'm listening to a book called Opening Moves: uh, The Game, but it's spelled G A M three. So it's another lit RPG book. I'm a huge literary RPG fan. So they're just, they're like, uh, if you look, if you think of like romance novels for females, like lit RPGs are like my romance novels. <laughs> like I pick up all the time. I read a whole bunch of them. Like that's what I'm constantly listening to. Besides. Yeah, I think I have one downloaded that you recommended as the one to start with and, um, it'll be next on the queue, I think. Okay. Yeah. It'll be, uh, it'll be different. So they're fun. Mm -hmm. They're fun. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. And so, yeah, we'll keep it in note next time what book we're reading because i'm pretty sure we go through at least one book a week both of us right pretty darn close yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well especially depending on unless, unless it's brandon um... sanderson <laughs> <laughs> unless it's brandon sanderson yeah. it's like weeks yeah they take a long five time books, basically. yeah so b both of us we listen to our books through audible for the most part yeah. and so when we listen to a book some of them are, are extremely long but other ones are not <laughs> so all right so back to um marriage and my first marriage I wasn't wasn't great you know I got divorced um basically because I was putting in a lot of time and effort and resources into our marriage and keeping us out of the poorhouse and uh my ex did not so and I was like all right um, I, I literally let, we were in like a whole bunch of debt and uh I remember when we first we bought a house and then we bought like a, a house in California we, we lived in Escondido California and then she decided to stop working for three months. And I'm like, all right, we, we just bought a house and we had like a really crappy loan. And it's like, so right from the get-go, you know, this is maybe like two years after we got married. It's like, all right, we're already starting behind because we're like three months behind on like everything. And so the, like the debt kept piling on and piling on and piling on. So I had to go to Iraq to catch up on bills and pay off all of our debt. So I did that. A week after I left, my ex-wife, well, my then-wife stopped working again. And then she never really went back to work after that. So I was like, all right, well, I guess we're done. Because <laughs> so, I'm, I'm putting my life on the line to, uh, to keep us, you know, financially solvent. And you don't really seem to care. And so that's why I got a divorce. Um, that obviously came with a whole bunch of uh, consequences for me financially. And I'll get into that uh, kind of later on into this. But I think that's what most people don't really seem, seem to understand, especially if you're a male, if you're getting married uh, the consequences on your financial means could be dire um if you get a divorce and most folks don't understand that I, I went through it and there's a whole bunch of really shady things that somebody can do um to fuck you over financially if you're getting a divorce and they happened to me so um 
uh, as an example, you ever heard of like an ex parte order at all? No. So, the fun fact about when you're getting a divorce, if you go to family court, it's one of the few times you can go to court and you don't, you are not judged by a jury of your peers at all. So, and they Just also, sometimes. yeah, and they also don't follow up on any of the things that are said in the court. So somebody could totally lie about it and it doesn't really matter in court. One of the things that happened to me, the first thing, the first thing that happened when I asked for a divorce was like I hit with an ex parte order. And what that did was, is that my ex-wife said that she feared for her life and my daughter's life um, to be around them. And I was, I was overseas at the time. So I'm like, hmm, that's strange. And so what it did was it gave my uh, then wife uh, temporary full custody of my daughter. So I could not see her for, you know, an amount of time. And I told them that there is literally no reason why I should be fearing for her life. I'm, I was on my way back. Like I had my schedule to come back to America. But I'm like, there's literally, literally no need to have this. And they were just like, no, they didn't even want to hear me like talk about they wouldn't even see my case to talk about it so that's one of the things that where somebody can and this happens to females too i'm sure if uh, if it's on the reverse thing where you're making a whole much more money than your spouse then they can do the same thing and there's no follow-up so um that was a huge issue for me um having to deal with with alimony because when we first got our divorce thing started all she wanted was child support and i was like that's fine you know but I was, I was trying to go for a joint custody. But I'm like, if you want child support, if I lose this case, it's fine. You know, I'm, I'm going to be, um, I don't have a problem with financially helping out my child. I'm like, nobody should. Yeah. Um, a year, and she said she didn't want alimony in the beginning. Well, a year and a half after that, this is how, it took me over two years to get divorced. Um, because they did all these weird procedures where um, they could just keep pushing the date back. I literally had to fly to Michigan from California on more than one occasion, only to be told that we're not going to see your case today. Total waste of money. Um, a year and a half after we got our divorce, um, she decided she wanted alimony. And I, I had my lawyer ask her attorney, like, why is she asking for this now? She said, because she had nothing to lose. I was like, okay. So I literally showed the judge why I could not possibly pay alimony because I lived in California, not Michigan. And because I made, you know, X amount of money in California, it's not the same as living in Michigan. I have way higher cost of living here. And they didn't care. They made me pay it anyway. And so um, I had to pay an extra $24,000 in alimony when I did not have the means to do so. Um, the way that I ended up having to do it was uh, me and my girlfriend, girlfriend moved in together. Because there was like there was no way I could uh, live in a house in California having to pay that much extra money on top of everything else. So those are like some examples that I have in my own personal life of... Um, the dire consequences of marriage. And yet, people are probably thinking, well, not everybody gets divorced. You're right. Not everybody gets divorced, but the statistics for divorce are between 40 and 50% in America right now. Yeah, it's extremely high. And I think that most people that go into getting uh, married, they don't understand that the divorce rate is so high. And it's for whatever reason. Um, especially if you don't have kids, it's, it's higher. If you have kids, it's, it's, it's a little bit lower. Um, but if you have kids, or if you don't have kids, it's, it's higher than that. Um, if you have been divorced more, if you've been divorced once, it's, it compounds. So I think it's like, after you get divorced once, if you get married again, your chance of divorce is I think 65%. If you get a third marriage, your chance of divorce is over 75%. Those are the real so, statistics. <laughs> so is that part of your logic on, I'm sorry, I'm asking, I'm like <laughs> not wanting you now is like, Hey, as long as we don't make this a second marriage. It's not this less likely that we would separate because we wouldn't be in this position where we're now 
that 65% chance uh, to get divorced. No, actually, I didn't know that. I didn't. Know, I knew it was high, but I didn't know it was as high until I started researching the numbers in the, for the podcast. Um, my actual reasons to not get married is because it puts in, it injects the government into your relationship where the government doesn't really belong there. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is, is that, so say if you, when you get married, um, there are things that... Um, you can and can't do, and there are things that the government can um, can control, like your taxes, for for instance. Like your tax rate is, is set to a certain level um, when you get married, and depending on your income level, it could you could be you could end up paying more taxes or less taxes. It depends. So it also um, what was there? there's a couple of things that the where the social contract gets kind of messed up with the government as well. When you when you get divorced, if you get divorced, uh, the person that makes more money is automatically. Um, disadvantage in the person that makes less money and that's just automatically across the board whether you're a man or a woman and it should not be that way and traditionally um, this is something that I learned from my, my girlfriend that I had to look up but women were oh actually I sort of knew this anyway but women were traditionally um, thought of as property by the US government and by pretty much any government um, and if you go to like the history of uh, marriage uh, you can go back to the biblical days where there's literally verses about women being property so I'll, I'll let th- some of that sink in. What are your thoughts on the things that I've said? It's kind of condensed. So, uh, like the, the last piece there, I think obviously deserves its own discussion too, but, um, cause you've got what you got, um, arranged marriages. Yes. You've got, um, like even the, um, the tithe, the, the tithe, uh, piece where you like, um, the, bride's father like owes the, the, the like because like you're taking her off of their hands or something like it's yeah it's you there's them, a whole lot of historical things there that you owe them livestock that, or something like that into weird traditions what's that you owe them livestock yeah that's, that's, that's notes, traditionally you know. what it was <laughs> yeah it's kind of crazy that that stuff's still there um so i i did take a couple of notes while you were going so you mentioned debt and you mentioned like money and i know that you know most marriages the the you know if you go and you look up like the end in divorce the the two biggest things are money problems that are cited or um some you know dis- dishonesty or mistrust or cheating or something along those lines yeah so i kind of lumped debt and money together kind of in my note yep. um but then the other being a dishonesty kind of piece but yeah i think that the money thing is probably almost always i think i think it would have to that it's the more predominant one i have i'd have to double check but i'm 90 percent sure that that's i'm pretty sure it is too yeah yeah um and that 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 kind of takes both people being willing to discuss it right so I, i think even money when it's cited as a problem is actually a result of communication right so it it's a failure for the the couple to communicate what they're concern is and then have a care about the other person's position and what they're communicating because i was the other person in your scenario where at first we were really strapped still too right we were um lance corporal with a baby wife trying to go to school and like work kind of at the same time like she had been used to doing um and still trying to make that work in san diego is it's hard right oh, it's yeah. expensive there Lance corporal do not make a lot of money um but i would still buy stuff like i I had, I wasn't doing a very, I was never, 
So I had two things going against me. I had never had money, right? So we were very, 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 like, had nothing growing up. So then to suddenly have had money and a steady a steady kind of income thing that I had going on, I felt like I could just buy stuff if I wanted to. Scarcity of mindset. And so I, <laughs> yeah, I had this hard time really keeping track of what I was spending and understanding, like, what my, like, responsibilities was in this. So, you know, it took um, my wife addressing it and saying like, Hey, th- this is a problem. We need to figure these things out. And then for me to also be concerned enough about her concern about it, that I did, you know, I did something. I was like, okay, well let me step back and, and figure out where I can and can't spend money. And honestly, like have to stop and like, not like in a way of like asking permission to spend our money, but Hey, it, does this make sense? Is this a purchase that I should be making right now? Cause I feel like I could, but I, you know, I'm comparing things and in my head, it makes sense. And a lot of times, yeah, that's fine. And other times like, no, why? And I have to think about it a different, you know, perspective on things. Cause I just didn't have a good perspective. And so it was that, I think we never talked about it. Like that wasn't something that was a, a thing we said is going to make this marriage work, but we both just kind of inherently, uh, you know, put effort into making sure that we were making accommodations for each other. And that's what's made it work all these years is putting effort into trying to make the other person happy and both doing it. It can't be one-sided. Both people have to put effort in. Yes. Yes. I think when you talk about like being married, it's really, um, you have to be able to share various resources. And it's not, it's not just, you know, financial. Well, most people think when you're like sharing things, like you think about sharing love and like, you know, attention with your kids and all those other things. But like a lot, some of that comes down to, or a, a, good portion of that is sharing your actual like financial resources and like really understanding like where your boundaries are and like what you really what level of um standard of living that you both want right and i think if if you're if your standards of living are vastly different than it needs to be talked about and also like your spending habits because like you know we're probably in the same boat especially i was you know young lance corporal in uh in san diego as well um, and yeah. I came from, you know, scarcity. So yeah, every time you got a paycheck, it was just like, spend it. I got it. Spend it. And then sometimes it's, Hey, might have to get a, a payday loan. So to spend some more so I can, uh, have some more fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, sometimes you, you might get into that and just forget that you're, you're responsible or you're sharing resources with a whole nother person. And, and if you have kids, you're sharing resources with your kids too. Um, and it's, it's hard to get out of that, that mindset when you're, especially when you're young. Yeah, and I want to want to mention too. So, like, financial resources is one of the resources, and uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up, I think, too. I mean, we're kind of in in combination topic here. So, it, you know about the the five love languages concept? I heard about it, but I, I can't bring it up in like in my head right now. So, I think we and this was really it's like a totally weird thing, and you know, a stupid thing that we look at in the Marine Corps and we joke about it and, and give it a hard time. But like, I feel like it helped a lot. So we did a credo retreat. You remember credo? Like, you remember talking about those? Uh, vaguely, yeah. But you've been in way longer than I have. So <laughs> I was anyway. <laughs> so credo is this like program that's put together by the chaplains corps. So like, we have priests and and pastors and and other you know um, religious service personnel serving in the navy that um, serve with marines basically to provide religious services for us. And they have this program called Credo. And there's like a whole bunch of different programs that they run through Credo. So one of those is like um, newlywed marriage retreats and some other things to like help teach you like how to communicate and how to, 
you know, make these things work. Because, again, a lot of young marriages don't work out. So they're trying to make young couples have a better understanding of how to do this stuff. And one that I went to included a, a discussion on the five love languages. And it basically the concept goes that every single person has, um, it, we're all receptive to all five, right? So any of the five things that are in this category, I'm going to cover in a second, um, are the five types of love languages. We all I like enjoy being recipients of all of the five, right? But they're like prioritized. Like you obviously have a number one, you prefer this kind of act or whatever it is for you. And that's your number one love language. And so once you can figure out what your partner's primary and probably secondary ones are, if you can focus on making sure to make them understand that you can service that need or whatever, then you're focusing on their love language and it helps them feel loved more than if you had done whatever their bottom one is, which is maybe not going to have the same effect. Yeah. Um, so that the five, five love languages are words of affirmation, uh, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and then physical touch. So like those are the, the five ways you can communicate love with another person. And then each person uh, would then kind of like stack rack and stack those. And it's not like they sit down and decide to. It's just kind of how you personally have learned to respond to those things. And so figuring out what your partner's primary love language, especially, and, and probably their secondary um, makes a huge difference. So like, I know that, um, my wife's primary love language is, um, acts of service, right? So small little things that you've done that maybe would have been on her plate as a workload that she would have felt like she had to take care of. If I just decide to go do a couple of those, I'm not gonna say anything about it. I'm just going to do them yeah. and then move on with the rest of the day. That little act was huge. That was a huge, huge thing. Much more than if I had like bought her a thing of flowers or gotten her jewelry or something. But some people that small little gift would be more important than doing that, you know, doing the dishes or something. Yeah. So it's understanding what the dynamic is there. Cause for me, it's like a physical touch, just a small like hand on the shoulder or like holding my hand while we're sitting watching TV. It's like little things like that suddenly like make me feel so much better. Like I, I think maybe partially cause I was kind of didn't never get that. And so I feel like that for me is a stronger affirmation of the love. And so we've figured out what those are and both do our best to try to facilitate that specific thing. So I didn't know if that was an interesting. No, I actually, I love that you did that. Um, like this, this is going to be like a way better podcast. <laughs> Cause I, I don't, I don't want to be like totally negative about it. Cause obviously yeah. from my point of view, it's going to be some negative shit. So thank you for like leveling this out. That was awesome. Um, yeah. I was going to bring up too, like in the military, like I, I'm glad that, you know, the credo, so when I, when I was married, I was only in the Marine Corps after marriage and at home for only a couple of months. And then I got out. So I didn't, I never went to Credo. I never, like I heard about it, but you know, not a lot of value there. But also I think there's a problem with, I didn't look up the, the military stats for marriage, but I'm sure they're way higher than 50% as far as like divorces go. Um, I'm thinking about people that I know that were in the military um, that have been divorced and it's extremely high. Um, so that, so that you, you probably validate that. But so thank goodness you're still married and happy. Um, but I think that one of the problems is, is like when you're in the military, is first of all you're financially um incentivized to get married and i don't think i i think obviously it kind of needs to be there right now because most people you know below a certain rank they they are below the poverty line so you need a way to like really raise a family but um i think if we're gonna do that in the military there needs to be like some criteria of hey like are you really ready to get married you know what i mean instead of just 
I'm going to meet this, this chick out in town, know her for like a month or whatever, um, and then get married because I, I can get paid more to live out in town. It's just like, yeah. I've known so many people that have done that. Um, and it ends horrifically, you know? It does usually, yeah. So, yeah. Um, go ahead, go ahead. So generally, like, it's generally frowned upon. Like, you're not supposed to just go do it without counseling. Um, so, like, even our situation definitely was not appropriate. And they were pissed, right? Like, that I went and got married and didn't ask and didn't tell me about it. Oh, and our first PCS move was a total clusterfuck. So, like... <laughs> So on, P- PCS, we, we PCS rent- is when you're moving huh? your, um, just so people, not everybody's in the military. Oh, yeah, yeah. PCS is when you're moving from one duty station to another. So you're picking up all your shit and moving. Yeah, permanent change of station. So we, we were in Pensacola, Florida. We got married. She's from uh, Gulf Coast, Alabama area, not far down the road, right? And uh, so we, we decided we were going to do a, a Diddy move, which is a do-it-yourself. They call it something else now. You have the option to just like, hey, you can move all your own stuff. And generally people tell you you can make a whole lot of extra money if you do it that way. <laughs> Only if you don't totally screw it up. So with that, you know, brand new Lance Corporal with no idea what the hell he was doing. I screwed that all kinds of, I mean, all over the place. So we rented a U-Haul in Pensacola, Florida, loaded up our tiny little crap apartment, which didn't fill a quarter of this U-Haul because I picked the wrong U-Haul and got the hugest one possible <laughs> and only filled up this tiny little mount, which meant oh, totally that's... wasted money. There too, and right? it's bad when you actually move it because like everything moves around because it's a bigger. Charles, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we're towing a car. So we towed the car behind it, put our dog in the car. So we're driving from Pensacola, Florida to San Diego, California. Jesus. So they plot out the miles, tell us how much it should cost. While we're driving across, which Texas takes four days to cross, which is ridiculous. No one likes Texas. But um, <laughs> we get to get to like most of the way over here. And we're like, hey, it's not far to the Grand Canyon. So we decided to divert just to oh, check out the Grand Canyon. No. We've never seen it. We're over to check out the Grand Canyon. <laughs> In December. And the only pictures I've ever seen in the Grand Canyon were a desert oh it's covered in snow like it is deep snow we get stuck up there in the at the grand canyon in a u-haul with a tow trailer in the snow stuck in the snow so i'm at the grand canyon we get to see the grand canyon i mean we're stuck so i'm like well let's go look at the grand canyon we get to see it i realize there's a stables right there so i go talk to the people at the stables because i did a lot of horse stuff when i was growing up so like they help us get unstuck so then we drive and go like stay at a hotel and park the u-haul drop it off so the plan has always been, and I talked to the U-Haul place in San Diego, I'm going to leave the U-Haul here at your U-Haul place. Take the trailer off, take my car. We're going to drive to Washington, I'm going to come back, and then we'll get unload the U-Haul at the apartment. And so that's fine. That was a part of the plan. I had expected to pay that. So it wasn't until we got back from leave, and like they checked the mileage, and everything, like, you went way over what your estimated mileage was, because we went to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to pay all this extra. Yeah, definitely did not make money. But the biggest thing was I go and I finally check in after taking all the leave that I've done. And uh, my staff sergeant, brand new Lance Corporal, right? Staff sergeant's like, hey, uh, let's get you over to housing so you can check into the housing office and get uh, on base housing. I was like, I already have an apartment. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'd already signed a lease. We already moved all our stuff in. He's like, you are not supposed to do that. That is not okay. Yeah, They're supposed to get you a house. I was like, Look, I'm sorry. I've always just done everything myself. I've never had a system take care of things for me. So I did not know that that was a thing. No one ever told me I have to come here and check in first and not get an apartment. No one told me that. So he was mad. And like housing had to get me a like waiver and all that stuff. Like, I totally screwed that. Thing. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing, man. <laughs> they do not want you to do that. It is very 
very frowned upon for you to just like get married without really understanding what you're getting yourself into. I actually just the other day had a Marine in one of our classes come up to me and is like, hey, sir, uh, so between school and going to my first duty station, I'm taking 10 days of leave and I'm going to get married. How do I get my, how do I get my wife at that time on my orders? I was like, do not do that. Yeah. (laughs) If this is what I'm going to recommend to you, because you're trying to do that in a move thing, it's going to screw stuff up. Go to your unit, check in first, tell them you plan to get married and then go on leave. It'll make things much easier. Like you can then do a tour conversion change stuff there locally. Like it'll be easier. If you try to do that somewhere in the middle, nothing is going to go right. It will be a much longer painful process to fix. It'll be much easier if you plan it out with your new unit when you get there. Yeah, I remember. So this is my... Oh, okay. he, was, he was clearly sad. I was like, look, just trust me. <laughs> I know you don't want to hear this. You just need to wait 10 more days. <laughs> Go there first. Like if you're not planning some huge celebration wedding and family from all the countries come in, you've already spent $10,000 on it push it off a couple of days like just hold off we uh so me and my ex-wife we got married um she was pregnant and we we're just like all right we're gonna get married and we decided one weekend because I, I was already on the i was already um attached to the mew so i was like I, there's no way you can get off of that shit really especially not for right. yeah so yeah. i was just like I'm, i have to go so we're like all right well we should get married to like get things taken care of you know to make sure everything's like together and one weekend we just drove to San Diego and oh, not San Diego. We drove to uh, Las Vegas and we got married like literally. So I have this old car. It was a 1980, 1987 Nissan Stanza wagon, four wheel drive. And the starter was out for like a year. And so I, I have to park on hills or push start it or just leave the car on because I had two keys. And so literally we got married while my car was still on in Las Vegas and we drove back the same night. <laughs> that's quality yeah 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 ours is kind of i mean there's parts of it that are the same similar thing i think the fun of parts of these stories is how messed up it is when you're that young yeah yeah i was stupid we were both stupid i married a marine too by the way so that was probably not smart either so you said what? <laughs> i married a marine too so that probably was not yeah. smart either you know so so we um we actually just had this told retold this story to the kids the other day because it came up through something oh i I remember i'll tell that maybe some other time but um so i we wanted to get married this was something i wanted to do so i'm kind of i was kind of raised in a chivalry southern family that was in the pacific northwest anyways so i wanted to talk to her parents and let them know that this was our plan and what our intentions were and what we wanted to do so we go over to her house and sit down with her parents i say i would really, really like to ask your permission to marry your daughter and i get Get the fuck out of my house before I get the shotgun. Are you serious? Yes. Holy I'm shit. serious. This is as Alabama as it gets. <laughs> and guess which one it was? It was mom. Holy shit. Dad was like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing, I guess. Uh, but, so I was like, okay, um, hey, babe, get your bags. Uh, I guess we're leaving. So we just left. We went that night. We had a friend who um, lived in an apartment complex that had openings that we knew and was super cheap. And she was really good friend. Her mom was really good friends with the, the landlady or whatever. So we literally at like eight o'clock at night, we're knocking on this landlady's door. Like we need to rent an apartment now. <laughs> we, we like at her house down the road, signing a contract for the lease agreement and like walking back to the apartment that is completely empty. We have nothing. Neither of us have anything. Right. So we go to target 
and buy literally just like blankets and some candles because there's no electricity, no water, nothing, right? In this place, wow. it's not turned on yet. We literally died at nine o'clock at night. So we're just laying on the floor with candles and blankets. Uh, next day, because her mom, like her family, took her car because now that car wasn't hers, it was theirs apparently, uh, and weren't going to let her take it. So we had to go get a car like the very next day and uh, got the car. She had to go to work the next day. So the only car we could afford was a brand new Ford Focus, like a 2013, because there was a new car buyer program, but it was a manual transmission. She had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) So we buy this car, and this is the car she's got to drive, because she's not driving my car. My car's a piece of crap. So (laughs) she had to learn to drive manual in one day and drive it to work the next day. Jesus. Uh, So then I go to school. She goes to work. That's Monday. Tuesday, we went and got married (laughs) at the courthouse in Pensacola, Florida. Wow. And it's worked. So, I mean, that's, whew, <laughs> damn, that's, uh, that's pretty crazy, man. It's a silly ass story, but it's, it's fun. It's no, fun to tell. That's good. That's good. <laughs> but, but now, right now, like their grandparents and their, one of their grandchildren's in college. Like, like obviously we, we did okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So getting back to, uh, some other things. So what, what I talk yeah, why about. Why is it not why, why is it not likely that everybody ends up with the story that I have? Well, I think, uh, honestly, uh, I, I didn't write this down, but I think one of the reasons why um, the divorce rates are so high is because we live right now. So marriage right now has a, has a big problem because it was traditionally um, created for, um, first of all, a single uh, income family. So it's supposed to be a man that runs the whole household. And okay. right now we have a, you cannot live in most parts of America, especially, um, unless you have a two income family, like there's no, pretty much nowhere in America can you have, you know, two people, um, and only have one income and like rent somewhere that's like halfway decent. So I'd say there's no way we can do that and then still live what we consider to be an American lifestyle. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's one of the main issues with, um, so it forces, um, it puts a strain and don't get me wrong. I'm going to say these things, but I, I am all for uh, women's rights. I, I'm not trying to disparage women at all. I'm not trying to disparage any, you know, men that are for traditional marriage and all not traditional marriage. They, when I say that Jesus Christ, cause those people are usually against gay marriage. So let <laughs> me, uh, people that are just, you know, that want to go back to like the good old times of when it's like one income, but there's a huge problem with when you have, when you're forcing two people to work and you have kids, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, even if you don't have kids, you know, forcing them to both work, um, to, to subsist in this lifestyle. Um, and I think that there needs to be a whole, they need to change the way that, um, the marriage laws are. So obviously if you're going to have two income households, one person is probably going to make more than the other. And so if you're going to have that, then you can't penalize the person that makes more money. Um, if you, if you decide to break up. And I think that's one of the main issues with marriage, especially because the person that makes less money, they know that if they, you know, divorce this person, that they can supplement their income for X amount of years, if not fucking forever. Yeah. And so it, it, it incentivizes divorce. I mean, I've seen it happen to, to way too many people, including myself, um, where you just you get screwed over for that. So um, when you when we talk about marriage, you know, uh, only in the past, you know, maybe 30 years, maybe 40 years has it been the way that it is right now the vast majority of marriages has has been the man is the you know the man of the house he runs the show on one income 
and the woman is subservient to him and the, and the woman is basically property um even in america you have to go and look up uh, like coverture laws and the married women's property act um that's when the only reason why they had these rights um and these you know these acts done is because they noticed that when a man left the home that when the woman was left behind that they didn't have any kind of rights because usually traditionally when you got married women would lose rights that's traditionally what it meant so it's only recently that they have the same amount of rights as, as men do but back then they had no rights so they couldn't do anything um of any consequence around the house so say if uh, if they needed a loan or to purchase certain things or own, you know buy another piece of property they had to wait for their uh husband to get home to do these things or open a checking account any any of those sorts of things they had to wait for the man to come back to do these things so that's when you saw these first pushes into you know women's rights is because they literally couldn't do anything because they were you know considered less than a person because they didn't have the same amount of rights as men did i so i remember this old did you ever watch like nick at night growing up yes back in the day it's been a while obviously <laughs> yeah so like i'm remembering this old i love lucy episode where a, like a, a vacuum salesman comes to the house to try to sell her a vacuum and so like and i remember that the situation is he's there as a salesman to convince the housewife to to want to purchase it and then has to wait until the husband gets home to actually make the purchase yep. so then ricky gets home. like I, i'm remembering this exact example in a show like i love lucy which clearly like depicts pretty accurately a lot of the stuff going on there between that and dick bike bike show which i've only started like looking back into because of wandavision but, um, <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So like, I, but I, I'm remembering that episode specifically for some reason, and and that weird situation where it's like, and I didn't get it because I actually to supplement our income because we were so strapped in San Diego, I was selling Kirby vacuums in San Diego. Wow. And like, I thought when like when I was learning to sell them, I'm like, wait, I remember this thing, and they're like that's old stuff. <laughs> you know, I was like, huh, that's a good point. But I just for some reason it just dawned on me as you described this, and I read, I went ahead and looked it up and read some about um the married women's property act and it made me think of that for some reason i was like oh yeah like that probably was an example of that exact situation saying like i'm going to convince you so that you will convince him when he gets home yep because i can't even technically sell this to you yeah and that's where you know my, my girlfriend where she was just like that's one of the reasons why now she's not for marriage because to her it's like it um it really represents like a really misogynistic way of a relationship of like you know, being subservient to a man. And I, I think that, uh, you know, I think it's wrong too. Like uh, women aren't property. And they're, obviously they're not property now still, but there's still a lot of hangups from that today, you know, that, that we're yeah. still dealing with. And I think most people, they don't really, because like you talk about I Love Lucy, that wasn't, a, that wasn't that long ago. You know what yeah. I mean? Like not That's at crazy. all. Yeah. So yeah, which it, like I said, it, it's still carrying over into, into today. Um, and when you see, um, and especially when you look at, um, it, it works both ways against men and women. Because if you look at a, a woman that makes, you know, a lot of money and the man doesn't, like most people in society, they look down on a man for not making enough money. You know what I mean? And then when you see a woman that makes a lot of money, um, they usually think of that woman as like a shrewd person or some sort of like derogatory term um, to reference her because she makes a lot of money. But it's just like, that's just the way society is, you know, but it's the like super sexist ways to like really um, look at these things where I, I think that these things need to be eliminated, but it, yeah. it needs to, obviously we need to evolve as, as people. Cause it, not enough time has really passed for us to like really get through this. 
You know what I mean? Because when we talk about like the women's suffrage movement and stuff like that, that's that was like what sixty years ago. You know, yeah. The women's rights movement, like all that stuff, it, it it it's not that long ago. So I understand that there's like it needs time to uh, to kind of percolate into society. But I also think we still have a kind of a long way to go because we still have these legacy um, ideals and, and constructs that are still detrimental to our society. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think there are indicators that things are changing. And what I'll tell you, too, is if you spend enough time in the military, um, if your wife works and makes plenty of money and you're ready to retire, I am excited about the idea she's going to make a lot more money than me. Yeah, me, I mean, honestly, if, if my, so my girlfriend, she makes a decent amount. I mean, not more than me, but I don't give a shit if she did. I wish she did. Shit. <laughs> you know? If, if it made the family better, I don't care. You know, and I think part of that is we're we're probably the, the front edge of the generation that will. Because, like, I know technically I'm, like, the very last year of, of or, or the very first year that counts as, um, uh, the millennials or whatever. But like, I also think that that probably is a key indicator too, that we're probably the very first of a certain age that are going to be receptive to these concepts and start seeing that and wanting to agree that that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause we don't have as, as many, well, I'm not, I mean, I'm a Gen Xer. I'm a little, just a little bit older than you. Yeah. Cause you're like a year or two older than me. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking weird. But, well, you're not, you're... Yeah, I was born in 1981, so, like, I think 1980 is the cutoff for yeah. Gen X, yeah. and then 81 being the very first year that's considered millennials. I'm like, I don't necessarily identify a lot with what people consider to be millennials, but I, don't I think either. also what we consider to, like, what memeology considers to be, like, millennials is, like, a generation beyond the actual millennials, which is funny. Yeah, well, I think if, to me... Um... If you if you remember a time in your lifetime where the internet did not exist, then I don't consider you a millennial. Or if the sound like yeah <laughs> means anything to you, like when that happened on WandaVision, me and wife were like, oh, my daughter's like, what, what, what? Is what? Yeah. Like, if you know what that is, right? Then that's yeah, agreed. Yeah. If um, you drink water out of the hose growing up. Yeah, a whole bunch of things. Yeah, because my, my girlfriend's in the same boat. She's like, she was born in 81, I think. But yeah, 80 or 81. But yeah, same boat, you know. She's like, we're still the same generation. So, um, what was I going to say next? Number two. Okay, so uh, what's really weird for, I think, most people, um, with me and my girlfriend especially, is because we have kids. Well, we have a kid together. Obviously, I have a child from a previous marriage who's an adult now. I mean, she's 18 years old. But we also adopted a daughter who's four now. And so that is odd for a lot of people. It's like, you got kids, but you're not married. And look at it super weird because of that. And it's like, you don't need to be married to have kids, you know. Um, It does get into some issues that I'll talk about in a little bit. But um, as far as, like, raising kids, like, it's it's not hard to raise kids and and, and not be married. It'll It'll be maybe socially awkward for her explaining it to other kids. But... I remember a couple of weeks ago, like my, my daughter asked us, like she was talking about marriage. And I'm like, well, you know, me and mommy are married, right? And she's like, yeah. And to her, that's just normal. So I was like, all right, good. Cause like, we're not doing it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I, Cause I think, so I don't think it would until much later. Like, yeah. so right now as old as she is, the only description she'll ever use for her friends for you all is mommy and daddy. It's yeah. never going to be 
anything other than that. Yeah. And until much later, would it ever like probably middle school, maybe at the earliest in high school, most likely would it start becoming a thing where it's like, well, it's this weird situation because they'll have real conversations instead of the, you know, stuff between what they're actually interested in. They're going to talk about their life externally at that point. Even, even at 10, Addison's 10, like, that's not something that I think is a key topic. She's a little bit of a weirdo because she's much more mature for a 10 year old than most are just because she had, so we have a pretty big gap in ours too. So, but maybe yours is big enough too, that they're so separated from each other. They don't ever see each other. But like, so Logan was eight years older than her. So for them, there's a pretty big difference. So by the time she's like eight, he's 16. So you have a teenager there when you're like at an age where you're starting to kind of like get interested in adult type things or whatever to directly connect to and, and see and act like. And so she definitely is far more mature than most 10 year olds. Although I will tell you, like they're teaching sex ed stuff in fifth grade right now. Wow. Yeah. Like she's having, Cindy's going to have to do that like next week. She had to do her intro class this week, like what she's supposed to teach. And, uh, I'm like, geez, in fifth grade. I don't remember that. I don't yeah. remember that being in fifth grade. I can't remember. Well, that's a long time ago, but yeah, I, I don't remember when I, exactly I was taught. I, I know I definitely saw porn before I I, I uh, saw like a, I was in sex ed class, so you know probably too late then I guess because <laughs> I knew what it was. <laughs> yeah, because it was maybe, like maybe that, that's that, why. Maybe they're realizing maybe it needs to start a little bit earlier. <laughs> yeah, well, especially now with the internet. I mean, Jesus Christ, you can get to porn so easily. Like for our generation, um, to find porn, you had to find that shit in a bush somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was in a magazine. <laughs> um. So, yeah, uh, so when it gets to, like, you know, having kids, then it gets into, then you get into, like, really strange issues um, with, like, how do I put it? How do, you, how do you really share certain other resources? Like, not being married, I think most people kind of take these things for granted, but, like, having just things that are simple, like putting somebody else on your uh, health insurance. You can't do that if you're not married, like, at all. Um, if you're not like, yeah, connected in some way, like it's not your dependent or a child or something like that. Yeah. Yep. And I, we can't, uh, you know, obviously I can't on my taxes, I can't claim her as a dependent. You know, I can't take the, what might be uh, positive financial gains from being married, which sometimes you don't get those at all. Um, sometimes it's a negative effect depending on your, your, your income levels. Um, and so that, that to me is like the biggest reason why, um, I considered marriage even to like to this day, even though I, I mm-hmm. don't ever want to get married again, but it's also, I, I want to be able to share my, uh, better benefits with my girlfriend, but I really can't. So my, my girlfriend, quick backstory, my girlfriend has had, she, she has a congenital heart disease, actually two of them. She has a, a ventri- ventricle septal defect and tetralogy of Fallot. And so those are, um, pretty serious heart conditions. And she said she's had to have three open heart surgeries in her lifetime. She's likely going to have to have another one, um, you know, before she leaves the mortal plane. So uh, one of the things that I really do worry about is that she has some sort of heart issue um, and she, they drop her from her medical insurance or she can't work. And then I can't easily get her on my medical insurance because we're not married. And that is a serious concern for me that I don't tell her a lot about, but it, sometimes it keeps me up at night. I'm just like, what What if this should happen and I can't get her under my insurance? Like, we'd be pretty fucked. Um, and, you know, I looked up even, like, early on when we first started dating, 
I was looking up, you know, well, how can I share my benefits with her um, without being married? And so there's, you have two options and there are two options that don't qualify, that we don't qualify for. First is if we're over the age of 65, which I'm not that old yet. And the second one is if we were a same sex marriage and that's what's a, um, it's a civil union and you can't have a civil union unless you meet those two criteria in California. And I think the vast majority of the country is, um, so the, your example of over 65, is that still considered a civil union? Yeah. Cause you can, you can, uh, be over the age 65 and not get married and just get a civil union. It, it's basically marriage, but it's like marriage light. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I wrote down and was like the note I was going to want to talk about and we can just go right to it, which is, is it seems like there needs to be an option for like some other kind of legally slash formally recognized union that doesn't have the other same legal ramifications um, that go along with marriage potentially like and agree. Like, I don't know. It seems like some of those other systems should be able to allow that um, understanding between two people that, that doesn't tie you to the, to the, to the parts that you mentioned that are the bad ones, which is the ability to, to like take stuff from that other person in the event that you choose to end that contract. Yeah. But at least while you're there, like, it should be something that says, here's the benefits that you could get or things that you could share. Um, and in the event that you end whatever that contract slash relationship is, it simply just terminates those other relationships. Like say, say you're able to have this make believe contract we're coming up with. And that allows you to then put her on your insurance. So then in the event that you want to separate this other legal contract and aren't going to now be together then all it does is say you well you do need to end this other thing which is providing her with insurance coverage yes but like that that that's it like that's the end of it whatever agreements you came to as a result of this and it's saying there's a connection between you those now become null and void that's it that's the end of it it's, there's no other ability to tug and wear their stuff yeah that's what i think that needs to happen in uh at least america if not the world we need like a, a third option for these things uh, I, I think we'd be much better served. I think we'd be much better financially served in, in America if, if we had another option of being able to share resources. Listen, if uh, if I can have children and I can share my benefit, benefits with them and we're under no contract at all, then why can't I share them with someone I've been together with ten, for, for 10 years? Or pay, I, yeah. I have to pay extra to have kids on my insurance. Why can't I just pay extra to have somebody else on my insurance that I live with and I love in, relationship, in a relationship for you know long term? I don't understand why I can't share those same resources and benefits with them. It, it, it is, it, it's extremely infuriating that I cannot do yeah. that. Yeah. And it seems like, it seems like such a simple thing to implement. Like I can't see that not being something that could be put together. So here's what I would propose is that um, anyone can write a bill and then get it routed through you know, whatever. So we could do that within the state to help you. Like, honestly, like write the bill, like look up what the formats are, write the bill, get the thing routed through. We just have to figure out who, um, cause I don't know the representative for this area. Um, I'm sure I could get in touch with them and then we could get in touch with yours in your area. So that way, at least within the state of California, and that's a state California legislature, not the, the federal one. Yeah. Um, to, to then pro be proponents for that bill. And I guarantee in California, that's the kind of thing that, people would go for Maybe, well i know i think it's swalwell eric swalwell i think that's my guy he's a weird okay. guy but i think that's i didn't even think about that maybe i 
you see, this is why I like having conversations with you, man, because um, I don't think about shit like that. I'm just like, oh, I was broken. Fuck it. <laughs> but yeah, let's fix it. Let's, let's, to do in this country. Let's get some solutions. Because I think this is, I think most people don't even realize that this is even an issue for a lot of people. Yeah. And it is. I think that we could save a whole lot of money, first of all, from people getting divorces because it's bad financially for most people. I think it would also save, you know, uh, our legal system from, you know, all these. It's not financial hardship for them, but they have to, like, process all these divorces and shit, which is like, maybe what if divorce was no longer, wasn't even an option on the table? What if you just broke up like normally and there was no, you know, contract there or no contract like that where you needed a, a legal entity to do that. And I know somebody right now is like, why don't you just get a fucking prenup? All right, listen, prenups are not ironclad. I know there's been plenty of stories of millionaires that have gotten prenups and gotten divorces and somehow their, you know, exes got their stuff anyway. So they're, they're not ironclad. In the, in the end, like you said, that divorce court is just you two standing in front of a judge. Yep. And the judge. It's up can, to that judge. Yep. It's up to the and judge. And they can say prenup meh. Yeah. And it, it happens a lot more than people think that it happens. Cause well, and, and what I think maybe a lot of people who never had a prenup don't know is that it's very specific, right? So you're going to list out all of your assets at the moment in which you conduct the prenuptial agreement. So anything that changes after that also changes parts of that agreement too. So whatever the resources were at that point is what the prenup is based on. So anything that changes after that is not relevant to the prenuptial agreement. And that's a lot of times how they get tossed. And it's like, well, that's not where you are now, so this doesn't really isn't really relevant. Yeah, um, you shouldn't be forced to like constantly update that thing. Like it's, it, it seems incredibly yeah. silly to me. Which is why, like, it, like if we said if that, and I would almost say it's just a second option, but maybe it does need to be a third because you mentioned that same sex marriage is basically still civil union, and there's this sixty five and over civil, civil union union, thing, yeah. which I don't know why that would need to be different, but like basically the civil union becomes the secondary one, which is not there aren't the same obligations that we currently have with marriage, um, but you still could have some of the benefits. It's very similar I don't to understand what the incentive would be to get married. Like, why would you choose marriage over the civil union example we gave, which is you still could um, enter into contracts together. So here's a, here's a question for you. If you went to apply for a car loan right now, can you both sign for it? No. Um, well, yeah, I, I can co-sign, but I can co-sign for anybody. Okay. I can co-sign for you. I mean, if you wanted me to co-sign. Uh, maybe. But when it came, this is what's weird, is that when it came to buying a home, though, I was yeah. told because she had a lower, well, I guess that's what happened in marriage, too. So the the house that I own, I, I'm paying on, I don't own it, even though it's home ownership is a stupid way to say it, but it's only me on the, um, okay. the title right now. Because at the time yeah. when we bought it, she had a lower credit score. They're like, well, we'll just use yours. I'm like, okay, fine. But I think if we were married, they probably would have done that. Um, because I remember before, when I was married before, we bought a house and they didn't ask me that at all. So, but, but now I have to go back and like get her on the title of the house, which is kind of a pain in the ass. And it's also like even with the, uh, with the adoption of our daughter, it's being a pain because – so our daughter has been – the finalization of her ado adoption happened like two years ago. Um, okay. and we've had custody of her since the day she was born. Like literally we held her and took custody of her the day she was born. Um, but she still, we still don't have her social security number or her birth certificate because people in Texas, uh, not people in Texas, the people that are in charge of vital statistics and the health and human services in Texas, they're kind of stupid because they, they've rejected our applications to get these things 
in multiple ways. And one of them was because um, when my girlfriend put down her name, they rejected it because it said, um, we don't, um, don't put down your maiden name. But that is her name. Like, she doesn't have the same last name as me. We're not married. And so we hit, like, it's like little things like that that are super yeah. fucking annoying um, about not being married but having a family and being together for a long time, being in a binding relationship. So and it's also incredibly insulting. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. There's this presumption, right, that, that things change on it. So it's, it, it happens, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. But I'm going to tell you another little story. So, like, um, my last name is not my dad's last name. I have my, my mom's last name, yeah. which is not normal, right? So that's <clears throat> one of those things that becomes weird when people are like, uh, like, put your mother's name down. And I write it down and they're like, oh, no, no, don't, not maiden name. And I was like, no, that's her name. And she never changed her name. And I took, ended up, both kids ended up with her name, not my dad's name. <laughs> so they're like, <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that, yes. For one, he was never there. So why should we have his name? Actually, we hit it, that too. Yeah. We hit that too with uh -huh. uh, with the, trying to get uh, our daughter's birth certificate and social security number. Another one was that why didn't you put the father down on the birth certificate? I'm like, well, because the guy wasn't there, and it wasn't it wasn't supposed to be on the birth certificate. So because he didn't. So what happens is like when when you adopt somebody like like the way we did the open adoption, they reach out to the father, but if they don't reach back, if they just decline everything, then they don't put his name on the birth certificate. So. Yeah. There's no father on there. So, but people, they're so, they're, they get really rigid into these ideals of like way things are supposed to be, but that's not the way that everybody lives their life, you know? And I can see that in Texas too. I yeah. can see that in Texas. Like there's an expectation that things are this way. Yeah. So I got, it's funny. Um, I got lazy this year. So, well, you're not a civilian, but so when in civilian life, if you work for a corporation every year, you have to like re-up your fucking benefits right mm -hmm. but usually i'm kind of lazy i'm just like well whatever you know i, I wrote usually they, they give me the right one anyway i have this pretty cool ppo but i have a bunch of other benefits along with that and so this year i forgot to actually re-up it but they gave me everything i wanted anyway the shit that i had like last time around and then i looked down at the bottom of my benefits and it was like oh i have uh, legal insurance I, I totally forgot about this i got it because like uh because i was going through like a lot of legal troubles um because of the divorce like when i first started uh 10 years ago with the company i'm with now I totally forgot about it, and we've been struggling. We we've literally been struggling for you know four years with my daughter trying to get all this stuff with the state of Texas, and we've had you know we've reapplied like three times. And I was and like, "You've had this legal insurance to help you out." You're like, Dang it, legal insurance, you stupid motherfucker! So I finally reached out to a, a dude in Texas, a, a, an attorney, and I sent him a message. You know, like last week, and I was like sitting there, like the next day, I'm like, you know, this guy didn't message me back yet, and I'm like, oh shit. Texas is half frozen right now, or it's almost all frozen right now. Like, I'm like, all right, I'll give this guy some time. And then, like, I messaged me back, like, literally, uh, like, 30 minutes before the podcast. And he's like, oh, he's like, you know, sorry for the delay. We've had, you know, inclement weather here. Call me back tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to call him tomorrow. But, like, hey, man, it's okay. We can reach back another day. I understand that, you know, Texas is frozen. Yeah. So it's a very subtle way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand you go do some shit. Friends... Oh, go ahead. What? No, no, no. Go, go ahead. I had some friends post, like, two, like, so the, the the two two big things of this most people in Texas aren't used to that level of cold weather. No, and then it's causing huge power outages at the same time. So like, there's gonna be some people, and and I told told my wife too. I was like, I think, I think there's a really good chance that there's at least a handful. I would bet a handful, if not more, people die 
from the cold. Well, they already have. They don't know, and then their power goes out, and they have no idea how to respond to this. And yeah. So I talked about it on my last Black and the Black Times Infinity podcast, but I think what people don't really understand is that where you live in the nation, uh, there's like different building codes. Um, and, uh, that really, de- which makes sense, which makes sense. I want to point that out that that totally is legitimate. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously the, the building codes in, in like, you know, Michigan or Alaska are going to be vastly different from, you know, California or Florida, uh, for a bunch of different reasons. Obviously the cold is yeah. a major one. <laughs> so the earthquakes the, in California is another one. Like, you, yeah, like the California earthquake code stuff here is significantly more rough than it would be in colorado yeah we have very few brick buildings for example if, if any at all <laughs> like they might have a brick facade but they definitely made out of bricks um so for texas they don't have the same sort of insulation in both the buildings the the electrical lines and the sewer lines and water lines to withstand freezing cold temperatures for any amount of time yeah. but the problem is is that their their governments had warnings about this more than 10 years ago but they did nothing about it. So I was actually there for like the last freeze over in Texas. It was like, I think it was like 2007 or some shit like that. I flew out cause I was working for Dell and EMT at the time. And it was on my way to like onto some gig. Actually, no, it was a job in Austin, Texas. And I had to do some training at Dell headquarters. And when I landed, there was like two inches of ice on the ground. And I was like, what? And it was in Austin, Texas. And so they had a warning back then on like, hey, it can freeze here. And people in Texas will tell you, sometimes it freezes here. Um, but their local governments decided to not invest in infrastructure to really um, safeguard them from this. Like perfect example, like the their governor was, was saying how, well, their, their solar, I'm sorry, their wind turbines stopped working um, because green energy doesn't work. I'm like, okay, first of all, my dude, they have wind turbines in Antarctica. So you can't sit there and say that our wind turbines froze because green power doesn't work. You just bought the wrong kind of wind turbines. You assume that it's always going to be sunny in in Texas and warm, but it's it's not. And you and they all people in Texas know that. Yeah, so it's like so we spent the last seven years in Okinawa, Japan, and so when I look at building codes in like Gulf Coasts. Like cities, like so Pensacola, New Orleans, like things that they do, I don't get it because Okinawa, Japan gets hit by really, really hard, super crazy typhoons, which is the same thing as a hurricanes, just other side of the hemisphere. Yeah. Other, other reason, ocean. Yeah. Yeah. But like we would get slammed by crazy tough hurt, like typhoons, and nothing breaks, no buildings fall down, no one dies. Like, Water gets in some stuff. Cars might flip over. We had some cool videos of like cars in a parking lot all sliding like up against each other. And something <laughs> like, well, you can't do anything about that. But but none of the buildings ever have problems. Yeah. But then you see like every building flattened because they're all just made out of twigs in an area you know gets hit by hurricanes. Why aren't you building out of concrete and rebar and like reinforced buildings that you know would stand up? And I'll tell you why. It's because of insurance, right? Yeah. So we have systems built so that if your house gets knocked down, you, you you draw your insurance and you pay for a new one. But the insurance companies are still making a crap load of money. So we all think the the gratification kind of concept is I can just get a new house. But instead, you could have a really good house that won't fall down in a hurricane. I don't know. It baffles me. I'm like, why don't we build better down there? Well, I think it's because um, in America, we, we are not um, 
we don't think that infrastructure investment is sexy. <laughs> I think that's the thing is that I think that people need to, yeah, people need to like, they need to worry. Like literally the other day I was like reading, um, local government stuff for, I, I live in the city of Hayward and they were doing like this, they were laying out the whole, you know, Hayward, uh, this whole infrastructure overhaul for like this one corridor on mission. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like they're going to put in, you know, all these you know, new bike lanes. They're going to put in these new lights, all this stuff. I thought it was awesome. I'm like reading this. You know, I'm trying yeah. to pay more attention to like local governments. I'm like, this is awesome. They're doing this. And I look on Facebook. It's got like one like, and I'm like, like, really? Like this is, this is something that's going to directly affect your life, especially if you live in the city of Hayward and like nobody cares. Like they, they don't, I think that the problem is with Americans. They just, they don't care about the infrastructure. Like at all, but it's like these are things. In the, but then they'll also complain about slow internet. It's like motherfucker, if you care about your infrastructure, like you would get faster internet. You know. Yeah. Instead, we need to launch thousands of satellites. Yeah, and that was another thing. They're they're putting in extra extra um tubage for future high speed fiber internet. I'm like, that's awesome, but nobody yeah. cares because you have to read a little bit. Now I will say I made a face there, but I absolutely love. Starlink and I'm a super huge proponent. Like, love it. I can't wait for that stuff to be completely active. Well, it's just I, I understand. Well, traditional like satellite internet or satellite internet sucked because I remember when I was in yeah. Iraq, it, it was garbage. Oh, yeah, and I'd pay yeah, a whole bunch of money. It, and that's my job. Like, that's what I provide. Yeah. I know I provide a crap service. It's okay. Yeah, it's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your no, fault. It's the best you could do. So that's why I'm I'm 100 on board with Starlink. I'm like I'm pushing pushing for DoD involvement, and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be game changer. So. Uh, I, I did write down something though, just so you know. I wrote um, "infrastructure investment is sexy" as one of the T-shirt ideas for for us to have going forward. Really is. I, I think it's <laughs> awesome. Because <laughs> because it's not you know most people don't think it is, and this is definitely not your uh, not your average discussion type podcast. So <laughs> no, actually, we should, different stuff. You could probably do a whole podcast on on this, but it's like everybody talks about you know failing infrastructure and stuff like that but then we also will complain about you know rising taxes but it's just like so i i will say like and this is the the thing i say to anybody who asks me if i'm gonna retire and stay here because we're in california right now is that like i can't stand being in california where i'm paying the taxes that i'm paying yeah and driving on the 62 like this yep. t- this highway here between yucca valley and 29 palms is t- terrible the 10 a major interstate highway running through California is horrible. Like yep. the highways are awful. So if I'm paying this much in taxes, which I have no problem doing, if I see that, inf- that everybody here appreciates the fact that infrastructure is sexy, but it's not like, where the hell is all this money going? Well, that's the thing is that nobody is really, they're not paying attention to it. Cause to them, like everybody will say like, Oh, you know, these roads suck, but it's like, When's the last time? So when when somebody when somebody says that, first of all, I ask them if they voted, and then second of all, I ask them if they voted on something that had, had to do with infrastructure. Because I can tell you, I do. I, I I read the shit. I see like exactly what it's going to do if it's a proposition that I think is going to directly affect like the potholes that are in my town, and you know the power lines and all this other stuff. Like, I'll vote on it. But I think most people when they see like, oh, it's just gonna, you know, we're gonna allocate you know x amount of money towards something they'll just they'll vote no and they'll get mad that they still got potholes you know but also they shouldn't have to like pick and choose these things so i think that when we what the problem is with california is that we pay like uh an extremely high amount of tax but we are not getting the returns that we should be getting 
And there's also a yeah. lot of there's some fuckery going on because I've seen like literally for me like the big highway where I live is the 880, and I literally watched this goddamn freeway get re- the same patch of freeway get repaved three times in less than five years, and I'm just like, why is this happening? This is the same patch of freeway. There's you, you paid it the first time. It's fine. Like it should not be have need to be repaved in less than five years, and you've done it three times in less than five years. It's because Steve, the city council member <laughs> yeah. who manages to get you know the contracts approved, brother Joe, yep, is approved to contract this one section of highway. Yeah, and I and I I know that's what that's what happens. It's like the under <laughs> under the table deals, and like they don't what, and they also have like these weird things where if they repave a part of the freeway, this I saw this, they repaved a part of the freeway, and then like literally within six months there was a pothole on the new paved freeway. And so they had to repave it. Yeah, but the repaving, I know the city had to, the the city or the state had to repay for that paving. They need to have um, guarantees on these infrastructure projects, not just, yeah, because like we had the the Bay Bridge got redone a couple years ago, and within less than two years, they had pieces of the freeway catching on fire because the rubber pieces were rubbing together and catching on fire, and they they had to pay again. That doesn't seem like a good bill. Yeah, no, not at all. And there was a hole in it too, like that was catching. It was a hole that was catching on fire that was also underwater. I'm like, okay, so those are three things that traditionally should never happen: underwater, on fire, and a bridge. I'm just like, all right. <laughs> oh man, so so like it, to me, and we're talking about a contract we need to write right now for um, the augmented reality stuff that I talked to you about. Um, so that we can get a professional app developer to, to be a part of this program. And I mentioned, I was like, look, the, it needs two parts to it. There's like the initial development. And then I need, I need a sustainment contract for at least a couple of years as a part of the same contract so that they're obligated to make sure that any updates and changes and additions and whatever within a certain scope, like I shouldn't be able to say like, Oh, Hey, I need you to completely build this entire new portion that equals basically a whole other app as a, an update but if i said i need you to add one new individual system to an already created like part of the app like just a new list item kind of thing right like hey we got this new radio and i need that radio added to it like that should be within the contract because that happens like within three to five years i'm going to get some new stuff yeah and if i want this thing to continue to be relevant to my students i need that to be a part of the contract and like it's those kinds of thoughts that should be a part of these things that I feel like aren't because it wouldn't mean that, you know, Joe, my cousin still gets more contracts. Yeah. I, we're way off topic, but it's fine. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to tell you my story from the, the company that I work for right now. Right. So when I used to work for Dell and EMC, I was, I was what's called a resident. So they would send me on site to make sure that everything was upkept. I would do your, I would design your networks. I would implement them. I would install shit. I would do all this stuff for people. And obviously, but I was highly paid for it, you know, um, but Dell and EMC was smart because they knew that, you know, SANS at the time, even now it's like, most people don't really understand how they work. And so they're just like, listen, if you're going to buy this equipment, you're going to buy this person. Let me put that a different way. You're going to give a contract <laughs> that's going to include a person. Going back to our slavery. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to include uh, a quote unquote resident. And we're going to send somebody on site to, uh, to maintain these systems for you. And if you need them to install stuff, and you know do whatever kind of upgrades that'll be included in your service 
company I work for now, they don't do that shit for every customer. I have plenty of DoD customers where they have outages and they're they're you know dark sites. Basically, I have no, I, I can't because they're probably on Tipper or Tipper Net. So obviously, I can't touch their systems at all. Normal customers, I can go in there and like change shit on the fly if I wanted to. But they have these dark sites. But then they have these admins that don't even know how these things work. They're just like, I don't know. They don't even have the the like the root passwords, which is like that's a re- that should be a requirement. If, if you're gonna be on a dark site, you need to know how this. First of all, you need to be trained in the equipment, and you need to know how to like implement things and like change it. But these people, they don't know how to do that. And so I was thinking, actually, I might do it for like an innovation award. Is just like, hey, listen, if we're gonna have these dark sites, we need to like add in like a either an addendum or offer a service to like listen, if if you're a dark site. You need to pay either X amount of money to have a resident on site to be your like your actual admin or, you know, implement changes and updates and all this stuff. Or you need to like, you know, sign a waiver to where, you know, if we have an outage, then you can't come at us and get all mad and like try to like have litigation that you had an outage because your system was like, you know, 10 years behind on code and you got hit with a a code bug that we fixed, you know, 10 years ago because that it happens. Yeah. And you have no one who's been there for more than two years and has no idea what's going on. Yeah. It, it's, well, I mean, they're, they're contractors. No, yeah. All that stuff is stuff that has to be thought about. And that's, that's the forward thinking that I think is missing from a lot of stuff that we do in the United States where it's about now, right? And it's about, get it done now and it's about make sure that i have a thing now and it's not about what impact does that have going forward how can we make five years from now better but still get something soon and i think there's a method and there's a plan for being able to do both because my concern is what we do now which you read kill chain is we only worry about five years from now yeah. like let's build a plan for something way in the future that you can't possibly perceive what we need is a perception of something that I want to get within a year that can facilitate things and has a plan to be able to expand and, and meet in needs of five years out. But, but anyways, sorry, way off topic. No, 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 it's all good. So let's wrap it back around. I think when it comes yeah. to um, marriage, I think that a lot of people would be better served on long-term thinking with marriage and not just right now. Um, that was a- that was a really good tie Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. I was like, this, this, this could work. I'll make it work. All right. I think that a lot of time when people uh, get married, it's like you're in the, the heat of passion and, you know, you have yeah. all these, like, super intense feelings about things. But, but a lot of people, they don't think about, like, what is this other person going to be like 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now? Am I going to change as a person with them? Am I willing to sacrifice part of my life to make them happy? Is the other person, you know, conversely, willing to sacrifice sacrifice part of their life to make me happy and i think that not enough people um have that sort of thinking at all in their life and when it comes to like raising children um like are you on the same page with rate on the same page with raising children and i think that's another contention with with some people is like how are you going to raise your kids me and my uh me and my girlfriend we talked about you know adoption for a long time like many 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 years and some of the some of it i mean it was uncomfortable because I remember, so for her, obviously I already had a child. And so I've already raised, you know, partially raised a child at the time. So I knew like of all these, all these pitfalls that can happen with children. And we were sitting down, you know, one day and she was, she was like, you know, I want to adopt now, you know, you know, as soon as possible. And 
I sat down and I was like, hey, listen, like, I, I know, you, you know, you want to get, you like, want to have a kid, we want to adopt, but what if the kid that we adopt doesn't um, recognize you as their parent? Like, what would you think? How'd they make you feel? And she started crying and I'm like, I felt bad, but it's just like, this, to me, that's like a legit possibility. Like, what if this person that we raised never acknowledge us as, as parents and they don't call us mommy and daddy? And they just want to go back with their with their um, birth parent. Like, how would that make yeah. you feel? You know, so those are like serious issues. Those are that's like a, just an example of like serious issues that people need to talk about before you get married. Yeah, and I, so I, I wrote down just now as you started talking through like this initial part of this topic too. Um, that like obviously Cindy and I were very lucky, right? That. Um, we had compatibility on our ability our, our perspective on the effort part of it because you can fix the other parts as long as you're both willing to right yeah. um because i guarantee if we think back on it if we talked about it right now i guarantee we both agree that it was it was very much a like emotional driven um teenager because i think that was her 20th birthday and i wasn't 20 yet right so, I mean, like, it was 100% emotion and passion and the other things driven, but we were lucky in the fact that we were both kind of had the same mindset on marriage and relationships and family and things where it's about effort and work and making sure that you provide a safe space for your kids. Um, we both had pretty rough slash abusive kind of childhoods. So that is a thing that we both agreed on is making sure that we didn't have that for our kids. Like it was a yep. protected space. Um, but we also know there are things that, that as young people trying to raise a child, we could have done better for Logan to make him a more prepared adult now. Cause there are things we see in him, which I'm sure all parents feel um, as a, as a now a, adult that he's not, <laughs> um, we've, we've worked to try to, fix for Addison like maybe we need to let her figure these things out and then we'll help her with these things and you know this is the amount that we get involved and this is the amount we say hey figure that out because eventually you're gonna have to learn to operate without us there and uh so there are some of those things where we had to kind of learn some of those lessons and you know probably could have done better if we had waited till later but it's also he's a smart dude and he's he's doing really well and I think it's just one of those things where we're both very independent hardworking, like don't need anybody to tell us what to do kind of people. And he was very used to always being able to count on us and rely on us and have someone to go to who's reliable and say, Hey, uh, what do you think I should do in a situation? Like, dude, I don't care. That's your situation. (laughs) You figure it out. You decide it's up to you. It doesn't impact me. And and your decision isn't going to make or break your life. Just make a a call on your own. And so I think that's a thing we would have liked to have done differently, but um, I don't think it's going to, He'll, he'll figure that out. You know, it's one of those things that it's an impact of our reality that kind of caused part of his, and that's what happens with parents. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause like when you have, you know, kids with, I, well, if you have more than one kid, like I, I'm, I'm getting backlash about this from my oldest kid is that, you know, she thinks that, you know, my youngest has such a better life than, than she did when she was a kid. And I think that what most kids don't seem to understand me included when I was a kid is that uh, your parents are constantly evolving too, at least, or at least you hope they would. You know, your parents yeah. will evolve. So if I did some, you know, maybe some fucked up shit when she was 
you know, when I was raising her when I was a young man. Um, yeah, I'm going to improve upon that, you know, going forward with her and any subsequent children after her. And I think that most uh, people, they don't really get that. Like, why does, why does the youngest kid, you know, get treated better, better than, you know, I did when I was growing up. But it's like, yeah, you would hope that your parents are better people as they grow. Because they, they should learn from you and the mistakes that they may, may have made with you. And maybe give them, like, a little bit of leeway on that. Because it's like, even with, like, with my oldest daughter, it's like, I don't treat you the same way that I treated you when you were like eight years old. Like you don't see the, the, the change that I've made as a, as a father with you, like me and you on a personal level. But you know, when you're young, uh, you, you might forget some stuff, you know, or just leave it out and be like, Oh, well, what was me? You know, this kid gets treated way better than I do than I did when I was that age. But I mean, if you were that age now, I would treat you, you know, better. So it's like, come on. Yeah. I think, so and I was I was watching a video earlier, and one of the, the people in it talked about being like the fifth child. They're like they have four older brothers and sisters or whatever, and so at that point, parents are like, "I don't give a fuck. You just whatever. <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm not even. I don't need to get involved in what's going on between your four siblings and like what little bit of involvement I have to do. Like you can figure this out. But I think that builds. A person who is more like self-reliant too which is yeah. like what i always think we should be right as people and i think your first child most parents would be like super hovery super protective super like i got you and then they don't have as strong of wings to fly because you you held them the whole time um and i think that might be the, the, the default situation and that um if you especially if you don't have close siblings who then uh, that older sibling then develops the super like leadership skill things where you're supposed to then protect the next one. The distance between ours meant that he was already kind of separated in on his own at that point. But yeah, it's all different depending on ages. And I think it's, it's kind of, yeah, silly to think that we wouldn't grow also as people. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't mean it's good growth. Like total separation from the kids is not good either. If you got to the point where you were literally, like you said, I'm sure it was an exaggeration because it was funny. Um, to say like, ah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm totally not involved in your progression. Yeah, yeah, and that might have been his impression, but that's not the case at all. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think when, when you become a parent, it, things they they change. You know, I think it changed perspectives. Like it definitely changed my perspective for like the better and worse when I think about like my, my parents. But it's also kind of weird because I don't have you either. My parents like it's something I was talking about the other day with uh with my girlfriend. I was just like. It's really weird that I have, like, I'm the only person that I know in my life that on, like, one side of my family, I only have two relatives. That's literally it. And they're yeah. and they're all younger than me. Like, they're, they're two of my cousins. They're younger than me. But everybody else, you know, they have, like, this whole litany of, like, family to, to really lean on. It, on my mom's side, well, my mom has passed away, too, and I have more family on that side. But even with them, what the fuck just happened? You still there? Oh, shit. I think this crapped out. So I'm going to bullshit for a minute, and hopefully his internet comes back up. You. There we go. All right. I was just bullshitting because everything froze. You there now? Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay, cool. <laughs> everything froze. Um, but yeah. Uh, 
Oh shit! No, I forgot what I was talking about because I was looking at your frozen uh, face. Family, like limited number of relatives that you have, and you said you have a few more on your mom's side. Yeah, yeah, I have a few on my, on my mom's side, but I'm not close to. I'm only close to like a couple of them, so it's kind of weird. So like my version of family is like it's mostly like friends, and some family. Like my my cousin who's on the podcast, he's like my my closest person, and I and, and my sister. I mean, she's she's close too because she lives not far away as well. But I didn't grow up with her. You know, so that, that's also kind of weird. So I have like this weird um, perception of, of family and I'm trying to like make like a closer knit family now, but it's uh it's difficult when you didn't grow up with like, you know, a traditional close knit family. I, like, I, I couldn't rely on um, my mom and my dad really um, that much growing up. So and that's kind of weird. Yeah. And, and you, you are totally more extreme than me. Yeah. <laughs> I said in your version is even more extreme than mine. So I mean, I think that um, so I can I can connect with some of that and and understand it too. And late, like recently, I've started reconnecting with some of my cousins because um, this was a totally like super like really uncomfortable reconnect. Um, so my dad, so all my grandparents are dead. Uh, my dad died not too long ago. I got in touch. And so I'm finally back reconnecting with my mom. And I had a really, really weird, um, uncomfortable text message conversation with her today, like to the point where um, my 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 boss came in to ask, like, hey, have you heard from this guy who's supposed to provide us with the power service everything? I was like, uh, I haven't checked on it yet. I just got a text message. I think my mom might be about to kill herself. So can you give me a few minutes? Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, take care of that. I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> Thanks. So it was it was enough of a questionable message for me to be like, oh my god, are you okay? What's going on? What's the deal? Um, and so we're we're getting closer. Uh, we definitely had our issues, but like, um, her brother, she, my mom told me this was maybe dang almost two years ago now, right? Um, she messages me like, hey, do you have? are you in touch with your cousins Kimberly and Audra at all um I'm like no but I can try to look them up on Facebook real quick hold on why you know I'm looking them up she's like their dad just died (laughs) I'm like okay and I find them on Facebook I'm like hey how's it going uh not a really good reason to reconnect I hate to bring you this message but your your dad just died like we haven't seen each other or talked to each other in probably 10, 15 years, more than that, probably. Oh God, it would have been more than that. Cause I, I didn't see them since I was a teenager, maybe 13 or 14 years old. And then this was only two years ago. I've been in the Marine Corps for almost 20 years. So it had to have been 25 years since we've even talked to each other. And that's the, that's the reconnect. Like, hi, I miss you guys, but I need to tell you something. This is bad news. Right. But luckily that's forced us to kind of reconnect and, and it's been good. But, um, and we're all like the same age because they were closer in age than her, my mom's brothers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was weird, but like, it's kind of nice now to have cousins somewhere around my age that I can message every once in a while and be like, Hey, what's up? How are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Family is good. If you have good family anyway, yeah. it's, it's terrible it's, when you have bad family. <laughs> it's, it's as good as you make it. Yeah, yeah. Because I think we all like most people have like that that one person in our family are just like, uh, we don't talk about them. <laughs> you know, that's me sometimes. <laughs> no, I think you're doing okay. <laughs> that's a yeah, cool shirt, by the way. Weird. Your shirt is cool as fuck, by the way. The NASA shirt. 
Oh yeah, that's what I wore today for the for the landing on Mars. Mars landing, yeah. Yeah, that's that's today for those watching this. Obviously, a couple weeks from now, we we want. I, I know I at work like was telling everybody. Um, so we have teams for like most of our interactive stuff, um, and I have some groups together for all of the other satcom nerds. And I'm like posting them like perseverance is about to land. <laughs> and, um, I even had so like I was in the middle of a like a, a professional military education session regarding um, this Marine Corps, this new Marine Corps like doctrinal publication that came out about learning and how we're supposed to, you know, really reevaluate how we're teaching everything. And uh, like we're a few minutes towards the end of it, and I'm like, just so everybody knows, that seven minutes until the Mars perseverance <laughs> atmosphere, so you don't have much time because I'm about wrap done. Wrap it up. Whatever we're done. Wrap it up. <laughs> we need to finish up what we're doing because yeah. I want to watch this thing. Uh, um, yeah, it was it was definitely I don't know it's it's big news for me. Uh, I really dig space stuff, so I was definitely excited. The fact that this thing has two 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 elements. I mean, we're going to perseverance for a second. Two elements of the perseverance stuff that's super huge for me is the um, sample sample concepts it's building so that the the Earth return vehicle that's supposed to land out there to send back the samples to Earth so that we can analyze them underneath better scientific systems here on Earth is huge. That's a that's the first time we're gonna do anything like that. And um, I mean, on some level, scares the crap out of me. Let's bring this stuff back from an alien planet. Yeah, is but, it bad? Yeah, <laughs> you won't know until it gets here. Yeah. Uh, and then the second part is the fact that we're gonna we're gonna fly a drone, like we're gonna let it take off and like see how well it flies. Um, it doesn't have sensors, it doesn't have scientific measuring devices or anything like that because they're expensive and uh, we don't know how well it's gonna fly. So I get that, but um, I'm super stoked about those two parts of it. Yeah, SpaceX is uh is some pretty dope shit, and like seeing like us getting to to Mars and really expanding upon like all these other places is it, it's fucking amazing. I just wish that we could, um, it's funny how like it used to be NASA and now a private company has like really taken over, you know, like space, space exploration. It's, 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 to me, it's fucking sad. Like it's really sad. I mean, the, the, so the Rover itself is still NASA. Is it really? Like, but they had to take yeah, a space rocket. It's still NASA's, NASA's thing. It was built at JPL. It's a 100% NASA project. Um, but most of our current space development stuff is definitely SpaceX. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all good, you know. I mean, Elon Musk, he's a good, he seems like a okay guy. <laughs> I just hope that we get people to Mars before he dies, right? Because he's older, not super old, but like old enough that we'll definitely get there in my lifetime. I told my kids like actually yesterday, I was like, we will definitely make it in their lifetime. But I just, I would hate for Elon to have done everything that he's done and built everything that he's built and like not see it happen, even if it's not him. Yeah, if if he just at least know that it happened, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think he needs to definitely see the fruits of his labor. So and it's been significant. Yeah. I think that even with his like quirkiness, I still like listening to him talk and stuff like that. And I was listening to yeah. something to him today about his like requirements of people working at like Tesla and other you know things that he owns. And for him, the main thing is like innovation. It's like yeah. once you stop innovating and you stop like really thinking, then you should probably think about getting another job. And he said, you know, Man. for him, it's like, it doesn't matter if you have a, a degree in anything it's, to him, like he downplays just like me. Like I don't put a lot of stock in college. And it's like, as long as you're like pushing forward and trying to innovate, um, you don't need a degree for that. So, mm. yeah, I would, I would love to work with Elon. That'd be amazing. Yeah. So, so anyway, 
That was a weird way to end. But maybe end. Is there anything else? Any other any other notes you had that you want to ask me questions about on my thoughts on marriage and why I don't dig it in its current iteration? No, I guess so. I'll end end with like it's more like two comments. Actually, I do have a question. What's PPO? Oh, it's like a, I forget the actual name of it. It's the goddamn. It's a different form of insurance. So basically, if you have a HMO. Um, you can only go to like a certain like hospital group, but I have a PPO, which means I can go to like basically any like hospital or medical group that I want to go to. And I don't need okay. to have a, uh, what do you call it? What the fuck is that shit called? But they need to refer yeah. you. I don't, I don't, I don't need referrals. Perfect example. I started to get cauliflower ear from doing jujitsu and I went to my doctor mm-hmm. and I was like, Hey, um, my girlfriend has a cauliflower ear. Can you please fix this? And he looked at it and he was like, I can fix it, but you probably be better off getting plastic surgery done and so he's like just find one and you're good you have a ppo you're fine so i did it and it was okay gotcha for some reason i was thinking it was more connected to something like uh like an hr department or something like that someone who manages your stuff because of the way the context that we're in that's why i was like confused for a second but that makes more sense yeah sorry yeah i guess it would be confusing if you're in the military because you you got tricare and you got the regular military shit yeah yeah um so then i would i guess i would say um so at some point we mentioned like marriage basically gets the government involved in your relationship. And, you know, my kind of default position is whenever the government gets involved in anything, it turns to crap anyways. So um, I totally get how you could see that that would be a problem with it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that it's a matter of perspective in how you're looking at it. Um, because while mine falls into that category, because the government is tied to it, I think that we both kind of look at it as a different thing it's a it's that social contract that you already have between me and my wife and i don't see that there's a difference probably in what i perceive to be the relationship that you've established between you and your girlfriend as you call it but i i know the time you've spent and i see the way that you talk about it and how you treat that relationship and the amount of work and things that you guys have done i i don't see that the social contract part of it the agreement and the relationship that you've established between each other as drastically different i just think of it as a difference between how it's managed or how it's recognized by some organizational entity that you know seems to govern our lives probably far more than it should um and so that's, that's where I see the disconnect. And that's why I think if we could create an establishment or a, a recognition of a contract that has the same relationship recognition and structure and, and, and uh, incentives, I would say, but I don't know if that's the right word I want to use, but doesn't tie you to some of the other legal ramifications that you mentioned as detrimental, um, it could be a good thing. Uh, but yeah, then my concern just becomes then what did we, what would be the benefits of a marriage type contract than compared to let's use civil union as the example. Yeah. I mean, to me, I think if, if we could just remove those other detrimental things out of marriage um, that I've talked about, you know, especially with like when it comes to uh, alimony and stuff like that, I think that I'd be more on board with it. Um, but you know, the current iteration, it's like, no. And it, what's weird too, is that, uh, like a lot of people that I know, they consider, you know, me and my girlfriend as just married. Cause some of the people, some people that I know are just, they're just fucking old still. It's not, it's mostly actually no, it's both men and women. 
they're just old school minded people. And so they'll call us, you know, husband and wife. I'm just like, I'm done correcting you. Like, I'm not, it's not a huge deal to me, you know, but at the same time, like, they, they can't get out of that, the mindset of you can be together with somebody for multiple years and not be married and have kids. And, you know, we're not some weird people, you know, <laughs> we're not in some weird commune, even though I don't, I don't probably communes or anything like that or hippies or shit, anything like that. But it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's not weird. You can, you can live a normal life and, and not be married and care for somebody else. Why they just say partner though. Like, why can't you just say your partner? Because yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause like <laughs> me and my girlfriend were talking about that too. Like, what do we call each other? Like we need to have like a different thing. I'm like, I have no problem with partner, but usually when somebody says like a partner, they think that you're gay. <laughs> so that's and, and i mean for better or for worse i guess but it, it's like one of those things it's like it's like the rainbow they they took the word <laughs> so uh i don't have a problem with saying partner though but they just think about it as like something totally different um there's a there's something i can't think of what show it was but they it was super dumb it was like it said spousal unit uh yeah i can't remember what it was like hey my spousal unit i'm like that's really weird well i this is what I'm already hitting like a mental like pushback on myself because like yeah we need another word, but at the same time I don't I don't like the idea of like thirty five thousand genders because it's like a whole bunch of new words and it's like yeah maybe I should need to rectify it I don't know. <laughs> the uh, so I told you um, she had to go through some like training to make sure she's prepared to teach this sex ed information that the state of California says she has to teach these fifth graders, uh, boys and girls all together in the class at the same time learning about each other's parts right um so like opening slide for the brief has the name of all of the like doctors that are educational specialists or i don't know maybe also health specialists that were part of creating this presentation every single one of them had like what their preferred pronouns were like he her and, and like yeah every one of them had that afterwards and my wife even like she's like she's like do i need to start putting that on a thing is that like a thing like i have to do am i required Tell people this is like, if you don't care, then don't worry about it. But it's that people are are concerned and want to make sure that they make people feel comfortable. But like, I feel like it's the it's being done in the other direction where if you're a person who needs to be addressed specifically, then let us know. But if if you if you don't care, then don't you don't shouldn't need to put it out there. But I think there's also people who are saying if all of us just put it there, then it doesn't make it unique or special or uncomfortable for those people who do want to be addressed specifically when they put that in there you'd be like oh you're, you're someone who needs to have it specifically addressed huh yeah so when it comes to like the at the the new added pronouns and stuff like that when i get to something that is beyond him and her i'm probably just going to call you by your name and it's not yeah. out of disrespect it's that i um there's only so many things that I'm going to remember. So unless we become close friends, you yeah. will just be your name to me for basically forever. Um, because I'm, if I remember your name to me, that's, that's enough. But if I have to remember a whole bunch of other extra shit that I'm really, uh, to be honest with you, I don't want to sound disrespectful, but shit that I'm not interested in. Like, I don't understand why I can't just call you by your name. I think that's respectful enough. And also the whole thing about, um, the whole respect thing. I think that people, they seem to have forgotten like what the word respect really means um, in English. It means admiration. It means to admire somebody. Um, and so when people are demanding respect by somebody that I, I don't know who they are, 
I cannot possibly respect you if I don't know you on a personal level because you could be a piece of shit. The fact that you're gay or some other pronoun doesn't even occur to me. I don't know you as a person to know if you are worthy of my respect. So on a human level, uh, your deeds will show me if you're worthy of my respect. I will still consider you, you know, I still want you to have all the rights as a, as a human being. I don't, I don't want to belittle you at all. Um, but also I'm not going to respect a, a stranger. So you shouldn't respect yeah. me either as a stranger. <laughs> what you're, what you're saying too, and framing it maybe another way is that you respect them as a human being. You respect them as an, a person, as an individual, but I don't have to respect you as you, who you are, because I don't know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. We all have, we all deserve a certain amount of respect a little bit, right? Just because you're a person and you deserve a certain amount of um, respect in that, in that sense. Like, like we talked about, like um, maybe, right. At least the bottom level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You deserve that. Yeah. Like the very, yeah. And it's, it's not a very high standard. I mean, cause I know a lot of pieces of shit. We don't maintain that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, um, we got to hand on a high note, please. I don't want to end with that. People are going to be mad. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have one last thing because you mentioned it and it made me think about it. So I have to think that there's a reason that situations like alimony and child support as a part of a divorce are a good thing, right? So that there are reasons these systems exist. Oh, yeah. How did we take what was a good system that was probably put in place in order to protect people? We've broken it and and perverted it and, and used a term in a way that maybe is not exactly what I mean, but we've twisted this system to the point that now it's, it's being abused by everybody instead of meeting its original intent, which is probably to protect someone or take care of someone who maybe would have been um, put under or, or, you know, not taken care of. Uh, that's, that's what I was thinking. Like, do we, do we see a situation where maybe there's a reason that it was originally institutionalized and created and then has now been turned much worse than it was originally intended for. Yeah, I mean, I, I know the reason why it exists, um, why it's traditionally existed, especially alimony, is because traditionally when you look at marriage, a woman couldn't work. So they were, they literally could not work. So if, when they got a divorce from, you know, a husband, they still needed to have resources because traditionally the, the man would provide them with resources. So if you literally cannot work because you legally could not work, especially in certain fields, then yeah, I totally understand um, the need for alimony back then. Um, but it also came with the downside of women didn't have rights. So if you want to go back to like the traditional thing, then they didn't have rights. So they, they literally couldn't do it in 2021. And you know, the past number of decades, uh, we've, we've been living in the two income households. And so they really need to update these laws and to account for two income households. Like just because, especially when, you know, we have these alimony cases where people, that literally had no bearing on the on helping the top earner earn more money but yet they're entitled to their money when they still have a job themselves like i don't understand there's a huge disconnect there um with that like how how are you entitled to this money when there's nothing stopping you from working you likely were working anyway but you're still entitled to somebody else's labor for potentially the rest of your life that's insane to me yeah and as soon as you said it i like rolled my eyes and i realized i was like oh. as soon as the word entitled yeah is you like i just i start losing my shit because like no one is entitled to anything 
other than like those basic things we talked about like I, I don't i don't know anybody anything else they don't know me anything other than like basic civil uh you know recognition of each other like i don't know the way i always put it is like i, I shouldn't and this is like the state the state of man thing if you're put on an island those discussions right the yeah. mental thoughts like if we're walking down some city street we don't expect someone to just stab us yeah like it shouldn't happen that's that's the amount of you know that's how much we owe each other <laughs> like like that you are civil and that you you know act appropriately with each other we don't owe you to be given anything so to feel entitled to like someone else's pay and someone else's work and someone else's labor like you said no in no case is that true now if like you said the example is that you didn't specifically contribute to the ability for that person to advance their earnings or provide for your family then they don't owe you anything but um i wrote it down as like because as you described it like so this the the woman was not allowed to work so wasn't able to have her own income so then the alimony basically becomes like a carryover until she was able to get married again yeah. Because that's all you were expected to do, right? Was move from one marriage to the next. And yeah, so that's definitely not the system we're operating in. No, today. no, not at all. I mean, women can work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you want to get into the whole uh, the gender pay gap, that's a whole different conversation. Um, yeah. And, yeah. It's a problem. Yeah, it is a problem, but it's also, I think that most people, they don't, they don't understand that part of it isn't necessarily just because men make more money. It's, it's also like what men go into for jobs and what women go into as jobs. And I think that most people, they don't take that into account. Um, like when I ask, uh, I can ask 50 women on the street, Hey, are you, uh, you want to work with computers for a living? And if they, I, if, if one of them said, yes, I'd be fucking surprised. And that's not being sexist at all. It's like, it's not an interesting field for, first of all, most people. And second of all, a, a lot of women, it's just, it's not interesting. At the same time, I don't want to be a fucking nurse. You know? Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, you said one in fifty. I would bet like one in twenty. Maybe you might find one. I think fifty might be doing a good job exaggerating, but like, yeah. it, it's still like it. Yeah, it's it's about the fields they're chosen. So so then the numbers have to be done internal to a specific field by comparison for gender, and then then I think then we could start looking at it and analyzing and saying, are there certain fields maybe that are still doing some some pay pay differences they shouldn't be doing Um, yeah and to be clear i would love to have more women i would love to have i'd love to have more women and more minorities in the it field but it's also like it's hard to convince somebody to just type shit all day like (laughs) you know it's not i understand how it's not appealing to a lot of people yeah or 10 meetings yeah. All day. Yeah, and listen to some dumbass managers that you know are less intelligent than you, but you got to listen to them anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, but my yeah, so that, cool, that was my thought was like, is there, is there that? And you made that that makes sense to me too. Where that was the original intent was to make sure that you know this wife and that's what the system was designed with was not just tossed out on the street with nothing in the situation where they weren't even given legal opportunity to be able to get, get work. Yeah. Right. So how do we make sure that they can make their way from that situation into a better one? And it, 
And I could see that as, as having been a completely noble reason for implementing the system that has taken it too far to today. Yeah, it's it just it can't apply. It can't continue to apply and expect the uh, marriage numbers to stay the same. I mean, like it's been plummeting. The, the marriage rate has been plummeting yeah. and, and the divorce rate has been going up as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got to fix it. So maybe, maybe me and you can do it. I mean, honestly, if we can get a bill at least like put on the table, I'd, I'd be, uh, very happy. Even if it didn't pass, I'd just be happy that it was fucking written and that somebody at least draws attention. Cause pretty much there's very few bills that get written. As far as I know, they get written and passed the first time somebody sees it. It just, it takes somebody to actually put it up there. So other folks can see that, Hey, this is really an issue, you know? Yeah. So, so I mean, to, to get it to really work, um, so this might be something those, those watching, let us know if you'd be willing to help out too. Um, most likely what we would need to do is also go with it. Right. So we would be there at the state legislature on the day that it's to be done and be a part of that panel to talk about it. Right. So we'd have to prepare and talk. I'd go. And, well, as long as COVID's yeah. done, I'll go. That's what we, <laughs> yeah. be ready right till probably October, November. So I'm hoping we would be able to, but cause I'm still hoping to travel this summer. So, yeah. Well, then we could do like a whole podcast on how to write a bill. Yeah. That'd and that be, could be uh, something okay. that can happen before. Maybe, maybe that'd be an early one after the season gap, but yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm still going to need to do some research on that one. I've done it once. Uh, it's been a while and it wasn't in California. So I'd have to research California specific process, but cool. All right. I think this is, can... uh, this went a lot better than I thought it was going to go. So I'm glad. <laughs> worked out we we tangented to some stuff but i think we managed to bring it back in a couple times yeah we brought it back we brought it back and maybe we have like ongoing consequences for this so we'll see okay all right, all right. uh thank you very much for for listening to me be negative for an hour oh i'm sorry almost two hours but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, i mean it's a conversation need to be had so it's important yeah yeah all right i look forward to your to your next topic on the next podcast man yeah i'm excited i have an idea so Awesome. We'll see. Now I got to think about another one for the two weeks from now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Figure it out. I got a list too, so I'll send it over. I'll make sure you check it out. Okay. Cool. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah. Thanks, later. later.